they're going in for the ask way too early, right? It's they're connecting with me on LinkedIn. And then like nanoseconds later, they're saying, do I want to hop on a call? I'm like, what happened to the connection piece and the courtship, right? Like there's none of that there. Here's a scenario that happens all too often. Somebody reaches out to me without doing any prior research. They engage me in a self-serving manner and they make a big ask of me. No effort was ever made to even start or deepen our relationship or make a genuine connection. I'm instantly turned off. Why do so many people conduct their outreach this way? And how can you ensure you don't fall into this trap? Enter Chris Tuff, author of Save Your Ask and the Millennial Whisperer. Chris is an expert in building connections and shares his methodology to help you deliver value and build authentic relationships. Listen in as Chris and I discuss the give and take relationship that you need to master in order to maximize your network's value and why saving your ask is at the cornerstone of activating your network effectively. You know, it's just like I said, it's just very interesting as I listen. Um, I compare like how you grew up, I grew up, and how different it is now. You mentioned immediate gratification, right? In order for us to get immediate gratification growing up, we had to do something pretty significant. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> there, there was something we had to accomplish. I mean, I remember going to end of the year trophy award ceremonies in sports, and maybe three or four of the individual Scott trophy, right? There was like an MVP, a most improved, um, seven player award, right? Spirit award or something, right? But it was like four maybe or so. Now, right, it's just so different. Everybody gets a medal or trophy, so I get it, right? And then you take social media and I watch my kids. We do do one thing that I like, actually two things that we won't allow the kids to be on their phone, um, especially at, dinners at restaurants and stuff like that phones away don't even want to see them on the table we've always done that and then when we go on vacations you know we try to limit the phone usage but there's no friends either like you know and i get it they want to bring friends my kids are getting older and but we've always said okay this is our family time i love it's not that. friend time yep my parents had a philosophy no ring no bring and I remember I rushed my engagement so I could get my wife uh, on a Costa Rican vacation with me because uh, it, you know what was going on family vacations unless you're engaged. But you know, you look at that once again, the influence of social media and like even Dan, you and I, I mean, you look at this interpersonal muscle and this relates back to like our sales teams, right? Which is the younger generation's there's a reality to the fact that they don't have the interpersonal muscle you and I have built over time. Because you look at even our first flirtations, right? We had to pick up the phone, right, to flirt with a girl after school or whatever it was, right? We picked up the phone, we had to get through mom and dad, I always had to get through dad. And then I would have like a list of all the things I would talk to them about, and it would be awkward and whatever. But like, you juxtapose that and to anyone really 36 and younger, they're not even they're not picking up the phone. They're sitting on their back on using Snapchat and they're snapping back and forth. And there's this interpersonal muscle that you and I built through time because of that, that it's up to us as leaders to help reinstill and, 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 and really develop that muscle. And, you know, and that was one of the catalysts to writing Save Your Asks, which is 
I'm on the recipient end of these young salespeople largely that they're going in for the ask way too early, right? It's the, they're, they're connecting with me on LinkedIn and then like nanoseconds later, they're saying, do I want to hop on a call? I'm like, what happened to the, the connection piece and the courtship, right? Like there's none of that there. And so, and ask holes all over the place. Cause in these sales team, they're fine with the 1% of breaking through. And so the call to action of save your asks is like, what if we actually could flip, especially in young people in these young sales teams, the mentality of the desired outcome, just being a connection versus a sale right there. And so, you know, that, that's really what now um, I've, I've been bringing to market with both the book and, and, and some of the speeches I'm doing there. Yeah, we've had that little discussion, you and I, and yeah. it is true. I mean, you get an email and the ask is in the third sentence, maybe yeah. sometimes even the second sentence, right? And the continuous LinkedIn, and, and there's a lot of that, right? Hey, just checking to make sure you got this. You know, would you like to jump on a call? We're helping so-and-so and others with this, this, and this. You're missing out, right? And it's instantaneous. And sometimes they'll do it twice a week, right? Over a 10-day period, you might get five solicitations from the same person on LinkedIn or email. And it's always about the ask, ask, yep. ask, ask. And there's, there's no rapport trust built, right? There's no credibility built. They're not giving anything in return. They're just making blind promises and asking for your time and energy. Without and doing any research. No, none, none. And I always tell people that I said, if you ever wanted to get in front of me, listen to a podcast or two or three of mine, pick a topic that I talk about, and then talk about the topic within the email or the LinkedIn. You'll probably get some time or at least you'll get a response from me. Exactly. Exactly. Just spend a little time. Exactly. I mean, and it's it's mind boggling. And you know, the truth. Well, well, I look at my, and I've got a pretty significant network at this point, and I get one ask out of anyone, right? Am I going to waste that ask on? You know, I, I get these people. Hey, Chris, I see you're connected to, like, for example, Sarah Blakely, right? I had a friend. Uh, can you get me an interview for blank and blank? I'm like, I'm not gonna waste my. I, first of all, I haven't talked to you in like four years, and we we it was a very brief interaction. I'm not wasting my ask with Sarah to try to get you an interview. And like when we retrain our mentality to identify those ask holes that are constantly just once again like just taking, taking, taking. But then also we reassess where we live on what I call the ask continuum, right? So we've got asks come really easy, right? Like it, we might be an asshole, right? And and then on the other side of it are the people pleasers. And, and a lot of sales teams will have this. They're really good at the courtship, but then they'll let the ask pass them by when they're sitting at that lunch and it's opportune. They, they almost feel guilty. And so we all have work to do in both our sales jobs, but even networking to find that sweet spot of when we go in for that ask. And I, I mean, I, I look at it as like that, that scene um, out of Braveheart where it's, it's Mel Gibson saying like, hold, right. And they're all like, they're all waiting, like hold. And then now, and then they bring up the stakes. Like you wait until it's absolute opportune moment that you've delivered enough value, the connection is there, and you do it to where an ask doesn't even feel like an ask. And for me, right, as I'm trying to generate speaking gigs, I'm like, let me come in and talk to Delta your, when you bring your 
team in. Like, let me just get them all fired up. It's like, oh, of course, Chris, right? So I, I think especially with some of these young sales teams, it's it's massively needed, especially in the software space. And I mean, you look at these largely commoditized offerings, like the only way you're going to differentiate yourself is with connection. Yeah, it's so true. Hold the ask. If I reflect back on all my relationships, my sales experience, my coaching experience, it's true. It's an art, right? It's a skill and an art, how to build the relationship, hold the ask, make sure it's an ask worth asking. hundred percent. And, you know, you look at my, once again, I mean, if, if there's one theme in everyone that I interviewed for Save Your Asks, which span the gamut, right? I mean, it's, it's everyone from like, you know, these pro surfers through to the guy that start founded the Carlisle group, right? Or these billionaires that they've got assholes all around them. And the one theme that really came up in it was that creating relationships is fairly easy. It's deepening and sustaining them. That's most difficult, which leads me into one of my favorite tactics, which is Shawshanking. And Shawshanking was introduced to me as a buyer from this entrepreneur and we'd met like seven years prior. And I was like, how did you land me? He goes, I Shawshank your ass. I chipped away at this relationship. And just like you're suggesting, Dan, it starts with the commenting on the LinkedIn. And then you're you're slowly chipping away and creating that relationship to where you have that authentic connection in place. That, And you also learn enough about that person, not only within their job, but as a human, that when you're positioning your offering, you can be that absolute painkiller to alleviate whatever their greatest needs are. It's a byproduct, right? And so I tell a lot of these sales teams, you got to be Shawshanking effectively. At least you got this batting box of three people that are the whales that you're slowly chipping away at. And if one falls out, let's just say you're like, okay, this is not working. You replace it with a new one. And People ask me, so Chris, how come you ended up like a Kelly Slater surf range? I'm like, dude, it's all a product of Shawshanking, right? And chipping away at these things very deliberately. And the fastest way, and this is one of those awkward things, especially as I, you know, most of my audiences, um, I mean, or at least last week, right? I spoke to 300 CEOs. I talked to them about the power of the video text message. And they're like, what the hell is that? I was like, well, watch, let's do one now. And I just took out my phone and I said, I'm going to send this to one of the executives that I met three weeks ago at a speech at, at Delta. And I sent my friend Luciano, my new friend, Luciano, a video text message that was under 10 seconds. I was like, Luciano, I'm showing these that this group of CEOs, the power of the video text message. I hope you're crushing it today. Right. And and, and it's super easy. But what happens is instead of doing just a text or even like an audio message, it's so much more compelling when you can actually see and feel someone. And my ability to not only deepen relationships in a short amount of time, but also strengthen them is is largely now most of my texts on my phone are actually people that you never thought would bring out their phone and do a video text message back. They end up doing it. So that's one of my favorite tactics. I like that tactic. Now, for someone like me who tends to be more on the private side, that's something I'm going to have to work yeah, on. Yeah, yeah. It could be, it could be challenging I'm, for some. I'm going to have to break some comfort zones on that, Chris, but I'm going to try. I will yeah. try it. Yeah, yeah, no, 100%. The Shawshanking. So in your experience, how many individuals at a time 
can you actually effectively do that, right? Because that's that's a great investment. It's worth it. It needs to be genuine, right? And I definitely feel that from you. How do you manage that? So I interviewed a guy who actually worked for my older brother where they sold very sophisticated insurance programs for billionaires, okay? And I turned to my brother and I said, Alex, I need your number one sales guy because I want to talk to him about how he's getting in with the untouchables. And his name is Aaron Abrams. And I went to dinner with Aaron and I asked him just that. Um, because Aaron, my brother, was like, this guy's so ridiculous that he was watching the Super Bowl one night, I mean, in one, one season. And he had noticed that he hadn't had meetings with Robert Kraft and whoever the other owner. By the time the Super Bowl was done, he had him set up. This guy's ridiculous. He can get in anywhere. And so I sat down with Aaron and we started talking about just that. And he said, Chris, I'm the most ADHD person in the world. And the only way that this works is with a system. And so I had my assistant, I have 20 prospects, 20 prospects, billionaire or leaders of these family offices that I have on my board. And then I have, you know, ones that might graduate up into it. I know as a salesperson that to sell this in, it's going to take at least nine in-person meetings to get there. And so I basically, with this system, have everyone, I have my dream clients. And I mean, I looked at his list and it was at the time, like it was like Bill Gates and like, I mean, the craziest things, right? And so what he's doing is he's basically moving things down the board and tracking each piece of that Shawshanking process with some of these milestones of in-person or video calls that are dis dispersed. And so, and he's a ridiculous human, right? He, he has 20 of those for me. You, it's do three. Ask, I could do more than three. Do you ask for permission ahead of time or do you just do it? I just do it. And no, I mean, I'm just curious, anybody ever say, Hey, don't do that. Or is it like one out of a hundred that might say that? Or I've never had anyone say, don't do it because I'm also so deliberate in delivering value along the way. Right. And I mean, I even take like, a guy I interviewed from Savior Asks, he's this kind of under the radar, super successful entrepreneur that sold his veterinary clinics. His name's Jason. And um, he was introduced to me as a guy that rented out Kelly Slater's surf ranch every year. And I'm like, a guy can do that? Like, is that, I mean, that's the craziest thing. And so I interviewed him for the book, right? Just like this. And then I was like, I'm going to, he's going to be one of my Shawshank guys, right? So I created touch points and got to know him and really started to, I'm like, dude, Jason, let me just be a resource for you. Right. And, and, you know, we got to know each other better and better and better. And it was actually last June, he called me. He was like, Hey, Chris, you're coming out to surf ranch with us. I'm doing this nonprofit for my buddy. And I think you could add a lot of value with your marketing expert, blah, blah, blah. And then like the rest was history. Now, Jason and I talk like every two weeks and I, I went to visit him in, in the big island of Hawaii over Christmas. I'm going to Tavarua, Fiji with him and a bunch of other He introduced me to um, the last time I was there. It was um, Eddie Vedder taught us how to play the guitar next. I mean, it's ridiculous, right? I'm like, look at this, like practicing exactly what I preach and doing it in an authentic way, right? Like, and, and Jason knows that I don't have an ulterior motive and I'm upfront with it, right? But when you end up getting to know someone like that, you end up doing business together. And now I'm actually, I think maybe going to start working with his team on some stuff after yesterday. But, you know, that's, that started two and a half years ago, 
right? And I think a lot of people either they don't save their ask and they don't take it to that point where it needs to be, where it does feel truly genuine, um, or they don't have the tenacity and the perseverance to see all the way through and aren't deliberate in it. And so once again, now J like Jason's no, he's a friend of mine, right? And most of my prospects end up becoming friends of mine. And so that's also one of the beauties of this whole thing is that, you know, you look at just the need for connection as humans today. Like, what if you actually brought a lot more of that to it? And it'll make our sales jobs a lot more fulfilling when we're connecting in a more authentic manner, right? Yeah. So great stories, really good stories. So wrapping up for my audience, they're doing what you think they're doing, right? They're hunting, business development, right? They're trying to get in front of C-suites, a lot of them. Um, most of our audience probably sells more in the complex management consulting, complex insurance, real estate, um, financial, whether it's banking um, or um, individual financial, right? And there's some IT technology, but it's usually a complex sale. Any thoughts that you want to leave them with? Anything that you might like suggest as they're trying to break these doors down? Yeah, it's just, I mean, my biggest thing is pick three people out of that list that you you know you're just going to hit it off with in some form or fashion, right? And Shawshank them, but do it in a way that pushes you a little bit out of your comfort zone and use a couple of these tactics that we talked about and see what happens. And, and as you approach that, just have the desired outcome not be a sale and instead a friendship or an authentic connection and see what happens. And, you know, and part of that getting creative, once again, like, you know, ask that person, if you both know you mountain bike, take them on a mountain biking trip, right? Or, you know, once again, like, get push yourself out of that comfort zone and see what happens, right? And if, when we do that, beautiful things tend to happen. And, and, and I'm an extreme example of practicing this. I do this at every turn. My kids, you know, I think the most important question you can ask anyone, even these executives is not how can I help your business, but like what fires you up? What drives you? Right. And then when you, or what's your dream. And when, when they share that with you, it creates this bond. And when you can do one thing in your power to help them pursue that, a lot of times as people want to write a book, these executives, I'm like, well, let me help you. I'll send you my non profit, my uh, nonfiction book planner. And I send them my nonfiction book planner. And then they're like, Hey, Chris, I'm doing this and this, right? Like just getting creative like that. Watch what happens. And, and the worst thing you can do is nothing at all. Just try something different and, and see what happens. I agree with you. The worst thing you can do is sit and debate, think and debate and not do anything. Exactly. Just, you got to go for it at some point. All right, Chris, awesome having you on here. Loved yeah, it. thanks, Dan. I appreciate it. Love the energy too. Yeah. Hey, all day, every day. Let's do it. Yeah. If anyone wants to connect with me, Christopher Tuff on LinkedIn or ChrisTuff.me, M-E. So I appreciate it, Dan. This was awesome. Yeah, a lot of fun. That was Chris Tuff, author of Millennial Whisper and Save Your Ask, sharing his expertise on building authentic relationships. Chris's insight will help you engage with your network to its maximum potential by delivering value to the people in it. If you enjoyed this conversation, follow Breaking Sales on your preferred streaming platform to explore other tactics, techniques, approaches, and philosophies regarding the high performance mindset. 